Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. As we record this live today, the news just becoming official uh, really a few minutes ago that Mike Leach, the longtime figure in college football and most recently head coach at Mississippi State, has passed away. This was news that we feared to be likely true yesterday. Uh, A lot of folks were very much aware of just how serious of a situation that he was going through, and there were no shortage of rumors on the Internet and probably even some people jumping the gun in terms of trying to make it official before it actually was out of respect for leach's family in the community there at mississippi state the i think the official news sources were really trying to hold back and move as slowly on this as possible uh but now it is real and it is official that mike leach has passed away and it's always awkward because our show is about fun and it's about you know the 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 things that we love about college football anytime something this serious creeps into our proceeding especially right before the show starts it makes the thing that we do around here each and every day really awkward and yet you can't do a show like this about college football without acknowledging um the fact that everyone that's connected to the sport today is just incredibly sad whether they knew leach or not or whether they had a deep tie to leach or not we're all aware of him this was a uh, a big personality this is obviously a very influential figure in the x's and o's of the sport really kind of one of the architects maybe the architect of what we think of as the air raid offense and we're also it's just kind of scary a little bit too when a guy 61 years old you know goes this quickly um it just it i think it scares us all and so i don't really have anything especially profound to say i mentioned this yesterday i'd spent some time in starkville this football season because georgia played there was my first time being there and i was really taken by just how deeply connected that community seems to be there's something kind of neat about some of the smaller sec schools i don't mean that negatively i just mean it factually that mississippi state's a little smaller than say georgia is or some of the other really big behemoth sec programs and i think that creates kind of a tightness uh, of, of bond uh with their folks and so they're going to need to lean on that right now and they're going to need to lean on each other and i have no doubt they will but obviously the story of leach kind of extends even beyond what you know you know mississippi state or the sec or anything else this is a guy that coached in the big 12 the coach in the pac 12 and everybody knew of leach knew his personality and i guess the only thing you take any comfort from in a situation like this is that leach took a big bite out of life seemingly and put a big dent into the sport certainly instrumental in terms of how the game is played and a guy who is very confident very content to be something really really different than the prevailing norm and it takes a lot of courage to do that i'll be honest with you not everything that leach did always worked for me i have to acknowledge that however he was really comfortable in his own skin and frankly i am uh, very impressed by anyone who's that content to be themselves their true authentic self when it would be way easier just to kind of blend into the scenery well leach never did that and so while you know we're shocked and saddened by this news maybe we take some comfort from the fact that this is a guy that lived life truly on his own terms and while his life may not have been as long as any of us think that it should have been he certainly got a lot of life out of his years and to everyone who is obviously impacted by this obviously you know we add to the you know the the prayers and you know we offer whatever words we can come up with here this is just an incredibly sad day and so wanted to at least mention that off the top of the program and as we say from time to time there is no easy way to go from something like that into what we normally do around here and yet 
you want to, want to try to entertain you want to try to keep you uh in you know happy and, and and enjoying the situation for georgia right now because there's obviously a lot to be enjoyed by that and i guess as i'm thinking about today's show and kind of thinking about what's going on with georgia right now i guess i'm kind of reminded of what we thought would be true going into this month that it would be incredibly busy and you know for the 2018 class when you added the early signing period we were taking what was already a very busy month for the sports best teams they're getting ready for the college football playoff and then we said to them okay in addition to doing that you now also have to get ready for the lion's share of your recruiting class around the same time and we thought boy that's really hard to do all of that all at the same time and yet somehow some way the sports very best including georgia have figured out a way to do that and then now you add another log onto that fire because in addition to early signing day where you're adding high school talent and getting ready for the college football playoff you're also managing transfer portal right now too that means not only looking to see who you might want to add from the portal but you're also looking to see who you might be losing off your roster in the portal and you're having to to a degree probably have to re-recruit some of those kids there as well so the month of december we thought would be really busy for georgia and all the teams that georgia competes with at the top of college football and that has kind of turned out to be <laughs> as as true as we thought it would be so for a couple of minutes here i want to kind of walk through some of what's going on with georgia right now and we'll sort of see where this leads you as you get ready for ohio state coming up at the end of the month which is probably the thing that's probably most you know the forefront mostly on my mind here at the moment but all this other stuff is going to really matter too so you got to do all of it at the same time and i guess the lead-in on this was it has been really interesting to me over the course of the last day or so to watch what I believe is a very strong reaction to a story that Jeff Sintel had at DogNation.com. Good reporting by Jeff, long, thorough story with five-star running back Justice Haynes, where in the midst of the story, and you should read this for yourself, we'll talk to Jeff about this on Friday, and, and Jeff will have his own thoughts on the story coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, when he does Before the Hedge is presented by Kroger. But the basic gist of the story is that Justice Haynes, in the text with Jeff, kind of reaffirms his status as an Alabama commit and is kind of unwavering, it would seem, in terms of you know, you know sticking with the Crimson Tide, even though there's been plenty of rumor and innuendo that he might make a different decision. Uh, Haynes has based on what he told jeff seems like he's just as locked in with alabama as he ever was and i guess it leads me to a couple of thoughts here thought number one is i think it's really important when it comes to recruiting if you want to follow this stuff closely y'all you can't have too thin of a skin right i mean there were a lot of georgia fans who were like upset with haynes that well good riddance then or or maybe upset with jeff or even writing the story which i thought was kind of weird but you know there's a lot of like uh, angst uh, you know know, related to this situation and I just think that's the inappropriate response. I mean, look, guys are going to do what they're going to do. And if you want to really be in the mix for the very best players, you know, you can't tap out and give up just at the very moment, the, you know, the guy sort of acts like he's going to go somewhere else. I just don't think you can do that. I think that's, I think that's kind of the inappropriate way to look at all of that. And in fact, my read on the story involving Haynes with Jeff yesterday is actually a little bit different than what I think the, the prevailing wisdom was among Georgia fans. What I read from Haynes at DogNation.com was actually not all that different than what I've been hearing from Haynes in the past. And you may remember, this is going back to a few weeks ago, we actually did a, did a topic on Haynes here on this show, and what I said was, somehow, some way, there is this seeming 
atmosphere around justice of maybe he's wavering in his Alabama commitment. But what we pointed out was, based on other interviews that Haynes had given to other media outlets at the time, there was nothing that justice was saying that was in any way giving life to this rumor that, hey, maybe justice is going to flip from Alabama to Georgia. And yet somehow, some way, there was still a little bit of a feeling in the air that that was true. And what we said was, it's kind of interesting that it just seems to be true that there's this doubt about Haynes and his Alabama connection that's not necessarily connected to Haynes' own words. And you couldn't quite notice that. This is around the time of the Tennessee game. This is around the time of we did a game with Justice on TV the other night. We were kind of talking about that there. You just sort of couldn't help but notice that was true. And in reading the story with Jeff at DogNation.com yesterday, I have to say that I don't know that all that much has changed for me in how I view Justice. Because for the most part, Justice spent that time in the interview saying the same stuff he's been saying the entire time and that just sort of leaves things where they've been for me in fact i want to show you one part part of this here where jeff kind of asks uh, justice is there anything that might cause you to change your mind about where you're going and this is what uh, uh justice haynes says back to this he says god would be it would take god giving me a sign god coming to me in a dream god coming to me in a dream and god talking to my heart and just getting that feeling from god saying this is the school you need to be at he hasn't given me that feeling he's given me every feeling to go to alabama so that's what justice haynes tells jeffson tell yesterday via the pages of dognation.com and 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 maybe my read on this is wrong certainly possible i've been wrong before but to me I walk away from the story with Jeff and Justice yesterday thinking, okay, so Justice Haynes has reaffirmed his commitment to Alabama, something he's done over and over and over again. And yet, given the opportunity to say, no, absolutely not, there is zero way, no way whatsoever I would ever consider going somewhere else, he kind of stops just short of doing that. Now, listen, whether Haynes goes to Georgia or not, or I should say whether he goes to Alabama or not, I don't think that Georgia's done anything wrong by pursuing this all the way down to the 11th hour. And I don't think any Georgia fan should be getting all that upset if ultimately Haynes makes a different decision. This is the way that it goes sometimes in recruiting. And if you get your feelings hurt easily, recruiting may not be the thing for you. That's just the way that goes. So, you know, I think that Georgia has done right by itself by seemingly trying to be involved in the Haynes situation here down to the very end. And, you know, most of what you read uh, from Jeff at DogNation.com yesterday would lead you to believe that it's completely over, that Haynes is definitely going to Alabama. But y'all, Justice has been saying that now for quite some time, and yet somehow, some way, the rumor mill hasn't completely been stamped out. So uh, I guess I'm left to conclude that maybe things here with him are still the same way they sort of always have been. I'll ask Jeff on Friday if that's the uh, proper read on all of this. But there's also this. What if Georgia's pursuit of the very best possible running back it can add to its roster? What if that's not a high school recruit? Or what if that's not just a high school recruit? Because let's not forget that Georgia also has in the fold for the class of 2023, a guy like Roderick Robinson, who has really put on an incredible display here to end his high school career and more Georgia fans than before. I think you're feeling really good about Robinson, but obviously you also kind of view running back as a position of need for UGA uh, because what you might be losing off of that uh, position group at the end of this season. So what if Georgia's pursuit of the very best they can get is about more than just the high school names, Robinson, who's in the fold, or a guy like 
Justice Haynes, who maybe he does stick with Alabama before it's all said and done. There was some interesting news out of the portal yesterday uh, when Marshawn Lloyd, a name that you'll remember as a guy that Georgia recruited very heavily before uh, Lloyd picked South Carolina a couple of years ago. All of a sudden now Lloyd has decided to put his name into the transfer portal. I'll show you this on Twitter. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd said new beginnings, and he goes on to give you the kind of the message that he's getting ready to leave Columbia. There were a couple of interesting likes, or at least one pretty interesting like on some stuff with uh, Lloyd on social media the last day or so, which would give you an idea that Georgia certainly has noticed what's going on with Marshawn Lloyd. But this is kind of an example of what's out there right now is that Georgia, while it's getting ready for a national championship push, as we say around here, go for two and 22. In fact, I've got the go for two and 22 uh, shirt on here today. While Georgia's in the midst of doing this, it's also in the midst of making itself better for the future as well. And that means it's going to go hard after the remaining five-star names that are out there, Justice Haynes being one of those. And if Haynes says no, no harm, no foul. You just move on to the next one, which for Georgia might include a guy like Lloyd, maybe anyway, uh, and the transfer portal or maybe some other name we haven't even considered yet uh, that also gives Georgia a chance to better itself. We said before, this was going to be a very busy time for UGA. I'd say right now it's playing out to be just as busy as we thought it uh, would be. So are there more five-star names to be added? Maybe so. Are there big transfer portal names to be added, whether it be Lloyd or somebody else? Maybe so uh, there as well. This is a fun time to watch the future of Georgia take shape as the present tense is already pretty good as well. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we're happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today. Live on video, we start 945, first and 15 at dognation.com and on the Dog Nation app. Then 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, we're on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 96 The Rep, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them. Uh, all across the Apple, Spotify, everything else. Just really, really happy to have you with us and so grateful to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for making it all possible. Listen, I love Engineered Solutions of Georgia for a lot of reasons. Maybe primarily, if you want me to just be completely honest and self-serving here for a moment, they've been longtime friends of ours here at Dog Nation Daily. Some of our best, most loyal partners, and we are so grateful for that relationship. It's one of the things I'm really the most proud of is that a great company like Engineered Solutions of Georgia has been with us for such a long time. They're also proud partners of UGA as well. It's always kind of fun to do business with those that support the dogs, and that is certainly what Engineered Solutions of Georgia is all about. No one will be happier when Georgia brings home another national championship, or as we say around here, go for two in 22. No one's going to love that more than our friends at ESOG when that finally takes place. But here's another thing I love about Engineered Solutions of Georgia. They are also a great resource for you for two of the most challenging things you might deal with as a homeowner. I'm talking about foundation and waterproofing issues. That means when it rains, when that water shows up where it's not supposed to be, wet spot in the garage, you know, dampness down in the basement, uh, all kinds of stuff down your crawl space, water creeping in, intruding where it's not supposed to be. You know that's an issue, and our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia are there to step up for you on an issue like that. Or maybe you've seen those cracks in your walls. Uh, go down there to the uh, basement where you see that foundation, and it's kind of unsettled, and you see the signs of that down there. All the more reason to give our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia a call because they've got an entire team of engineers on staff. There's nobody on our market that can put that level of resource to work for you to solve the problem you might have. And the good news is if it's a simple fix, they'll tell you that. But a solutions-based company like Engineered Solutions of Georgia also wants to do great work for you 
when it's a more substantial issue. And that is the reason you should reach out and dial this number. Give them a call. 678-ESOG-NOW. That's 678-ESOG-NOW. That'll get you in touch with Engineered Solutions of Georgia. All right, we've got a busy show for you today. It's Jake Fromm coming up in a bit. That's the former Georgia quarterback. We'll talk to him about a number of subjects, including the one I want to get into right now as we go around the doghouse presented today by Georgia's own credit union. Because a lot of you are aware of what's taken place over the last 24 hours or so as it relates to Georgia, that Buster Faulkner, who prior to coming to UGA was offensive coordinator at Southern Miss, came to Georgia as an analyst. You know, my read on that situation in Hattiesburg at the time was, is that Southern Miss has had a kind of a weird coaching scenario. They'd kind of gone through a series of head coaches. They had like three head coaches in the, over the course of about a year or so. Maybe a little bit of a weird situation for a guy like Faulkner, maybe a situation where he thought he needed to get out from that and kind of, you know, sort of reboot his career. So coming to a place like George in the SEC gave him the additional cachet. And while being here, it certainly seems like Faulkner has raised his coaching profile in a very big way. He's been a factor in some recruiting for Georgia, of course, and he's also been a pretty instrumental figure for the on-field product for UGA, we're led to believe, too, even though he technically hasn't been uh, one of Georgia's 10 on-field coaches. Well, now Faulkner is leaving UGA to go become offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. That's a big hire by the new head coach there, Brent Key. So, There is probably a lot to be said over the course of the coming days about what the move Faulkner from from Georgia to Georgia Tech might mean. But in the immediate, I guess, conversation, what does it mean for Stetson Bennett right now? You know, yesterday on the show, I played some audio for you of Bennett accepting the Brandon Burlesworth uh, trophy as the the sports top walk on. And there was an insane moment in that kind of speech that Bennett gave where he kind of gave a little bit of a shout out to Buster Faulkner. And I want to play this for you. It's not a very long clip, but I want to play it for you as a way of indicating the fact that while Faulkner may not be a huge household name to a lot of casual fans, for for Georgia itself, Buster has been a pretty pivotal figure behind the scenes. Let me let you hear Stetson shouting out Buster Faulkner the other day um, when 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 Stetson was honored as the top walk-on in college football. Here's Stetson. Buster, good man. Thank you for being the voice of reason on a crazy sideline. Um, thank you. We, we've seen it all. We've been through it. Connor Riley, who we'll talk to here in a moment, had a story about Buster Faulkner uh, the other day at dognation.com. And one of the things that Stetson also talked about while being in New York City is kind of going into more detail about why it is that you know he felt so close to Buster Faulkner, kind of mentioning him in that speech there. And the one thing that uh, Stetson kind of explained to us was, is that during the game, Stetson and Munkin actually aren't talking to each other very much, that Faulkner is kind of the guy down on the sideline who almost like intercedes between uh, Munkin and Stetson on this and kind of conveys the message from Munkin uh, to uh, Stetson Bennett. I think the the perception that I got of this, and if you go to the Dog Nation YouTube page, you can watch some of the interviews with Stetson this week where he kind of talks uh, more about this. You know, Some of that kind of stuff sort of works better as a video than it does audio here in this show because there's always a lot of room noise, things like that. But um, the impression I got from listening to Stetson Bennett on this is, hey, you know, Munkin's this sort of hard-driving, hard-edge guy, and during a game, Stetson Bennett's kind of the same way a little bit. These are two pretty strong personalities. Uh, and sometimes, you know, maybe having a guy like Faulkner kind of standing between all of that, <laughs> sort of relaying some of that communication back and forth as a little bit of a buffer between the two, maybe that's kind of a good idea. Maybe that's not the 
complete and total accurate read of the scenario but that's kind of what i kind of got from that so that's kind of the role that faulkner has kind of played here so what does this mean for georgia moving forward whether it be college football playoff whether it be you know beyond that obviously it's not great to lose a staffer like this and yet at the same time i think most of you are probably kind of aware of this is you can't expect to keep guys like this forever either i mean this is why it's hard to stay good for a long period of time and that's exactly what georgia's trying to do is the things that make you good people are coming to take those things from you whether it be your on-field assistant coaches they want to make them head coaches your analysts they want to make them coordinators now it's your players they want to you know you know take them off your roster and put them somewhere else too the things that make you good people want to poach those things and for a guy like faulkner uh, who was making you know pretty good money as an analyst when you have a chance to be a power five offensive coordinator even if it is a place like georgia tech you're not going to say no to that, unfortunately. So, you know, this is sort of the challenge as it relates to Georgia is that you've got this incredible level of resource. And frankly, Georgia's probably, I, I guess, you know, kind of lucky to even have a guy of Faulkner's capabilities who was functioning in a role the way that he was functioning, kind of beyond just being an on field coach, being an analyst, but an analyst who was pretty important on game day as Stetson Bennett would talk. So, you know, I think my take on this is kind of a simple one. This is a loss for Georgia. This does make the the business of Georgia, both in the immediate present and the future, a little bit more difficult to do. But these are the kinds of difficulties great programs are always dealing with. The things that make you great, the human resource that you have in your building, people are kind of coming for that. And listen, who knows? Maybe if Todd Munkin moves on at some point in time, maybe Georgia could circle back on Buster Faulkner. I do believe that Faulkner would have been in the mix to replace Munkin if Munkin were to you know, leave even right now. I think that, that Georgia liked Buster Faulkner, and I think that Faulkner's probably got a very bright future in coaching. But for the moment, that future is going to take shape at Georgia Tech. And uh, one of the important guys behind the scenes that it's helped make the Georgia offense what it is, is all of a sudden no longer with UGA. So these are the kinds of stories in some respects we expected to be happening here this uh, offseason or in this build up towards the college football playoff. And right now it is playing out just that way. That is Around the Doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at Georgia's own credit union. And in addition to getting ready for the college football playoff and all the fun things that are going on, we're also getting ready for the holiday season right now, too. That means buying a bunch of stuff. That means food to go on your table for the parties or the family get-togethers. That means the presents to go into the tree. That means all of that. And the purchases you're already making, you can have a more enjoyable experience making those purchases when you use our friends at Georgia's Own Credit Union and those Visa Signature and Platinum cards for which they're so famous. Because when you use these Visa Signature and Platinum cards, you get so many really fun things like Flex Rewards, which you can use for just about anything kind of as a bonus to you for the purchase you already make. I'm talking about uh, gift cards, cash back, travel, merchandise, so much more as well. You can even earn up to $150 when you open a new Platinum or signature card. And there are some restrictions that apply. So find out more at georgiasown.org. That's georgiasown.org for more details on that. Visa signature and platinum cards from our friends at Georgia's Own Credit Union. Make sure you check that out today. All right, I told you before, we're very busy. It's Jake Fromm coming up. A lot to get into with Jake. But I kind of want to follow up on what we were just talking about a moment ago, too, about what this means for Georgia losing a staffer of the caliber of Faulkner now to Georgia Tech. Let's do that and more with a guy who was with Stetson Bennett in New York City this past weekend. Looking forward to talking to him about that, too. It's Connor Riley here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Connor Raleigh here today, and there's a lot of fun stuff I want to do with Connor. He was obviously with uh, Stetson Bennett in New York City. That's a great thing. 
and I want to do more of the Buster Faulkner stuff there too. But Connor, this is also one of those days, as we said to start our show, that the college football world is really just reeling from the uh, news, the passing of Mike Leach, who is such an instrumental figure in football. So if you don't mind, before we get into the the typical topics at hand, would you mind kind of sharing some thoughts uh, from your perspective on what Mike Leach has meant to football and how his passing personally touches you? Yeah, he's a, a titan of the game, uh, an innovator in every sense of the word in terms of just from an on-field impact of how he revolutionized the game of football. Uh, I mean, one of my fondest football memories uh, uh, is that Texas Tech upset over Texas back in 2008 where Graham Harrell hits Michael Crabtree with two seconds left. Yeah. And uh, that was probably the best team he had ever coached. Uh, you know, in, in a playoff era, that Texas Tech team probably would have gotten into a playoff and made things very difficult. For a lot of teams, and, and, and you know, uh, the concepts that you see from Leach are employed everywhere, including at Georgia. Uh, and, and so, you know, his his legacy on the game of football will far outstretch the you know short time that he got to be on this earth. And you know, obviously, all the personality quirks, uh, you know, how anything was on the table with him in a press conference and whatnot, obviously adds to his character and lore, but uh, I don't think we can understate just how impactful his legacy was on the game of football and what he meant and how he innovated this game. No, I think that's really well said, Connor, and I'm glad that you uh, shared those words with us. Uh, You also wrote an interesting story at dognation.com the last little bit about Buster Faulkner, and you were writing it from the perspective of some of the things that Stetson Bennett had said, both in New York with you and then kind of prior to that uh, in a speech that he made around the uh, Burlesworth Award that Buster's one of those guys a lot of our audience is very well aware of because a lot of our audience is very plugged into the topic of Georgia football. But to maybe the average person, you know, losing a staffer who wasn't even a coach, maybe that doesn't seem like such a big deal. So let me ask you, Faulkner leaving Georgia to go become offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech, what does that mean for Georgia right now? How big of a loss is it to no longer have Faulkner in the mix? It's it's interesting because, and Todd Munkin spoke about this last week, and Todd Munkin is obviously still – I think the maestro, the guy leading the charge, uh, he is still Georgia's offensive coordinator, and Georgia fans should be very happy with that. And Munkin talked about how it is a collaborative effort in that offensive staff room. He thanked Mike Bobo. He thanked Ryan Williams. Obviously, Buster Faulkner plays a big role. And and so it's not one key guy just doing everything. But I I do think that Faulkner played a very understated role in that, you know, if you listen to Todd Munkin, you've seen him coach uh, in various videos put out by Georgia uh, he tells it like it is, and it's very rough, and, and it's very salty with his language, and that's not for everyone. And, and, and in talking with Stetson and getting to know Stetson, um, you know, he shared some really cool details about his relationship with Buster and how the two of them sort of bonded and how Buster helped get the most out of Stetson, both from a, an on-field standpoint but also from a you know, off-the-field maturity standpoint. And, and so I, I think in that sense, to lose a coach like that, it does have some impact, uh, you know. Assuming Carson Beck is the starter here next year at Georgia, I believe Buster Faulkner absolutely would have been an asset for Georgia and helping get the the most out of him. So I, I think in that aspect, it is that it's important to watch going forward. It's also worth pointing out here, you know, Todd Munkin mentioned as a candidate for the Purdue job, and I would say I have, I had long thought that if Todd Munkin, when he does leave, because he's not going to be the offensive coordinator forever, that's just the reality of being a really good program with good coordinators. Buster Faulkner probably would have been the guy to step in right there as the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Now, let's say Munkin does take the Purdue job. I still think, you know, the door is going to be wide open for Faulkner to come back and be the offensive coordinator at Georgia. But so long as Todd Munkin is here, it is a loss just because of, I think, the way Stetson spoke about him 
helping off the field stuff and, and helping him grow and work in that manner. Do we have any indication if Faulkner will be sticking around for the playoff or not? I guess we'll hear maybe from Kirby Smart on that this week, but is there any kind of early indication on that? Um, yeah, we'll find out for sure tomorrow. Uh, I, you know, in the past, have you seen on-field staffers stick with the program throughout? Obviously, Dan Landing last year is the most classic example of taking the Oregon head coaching job. But with Faulkner being an off-field assistant, I'm not so sure that he would necessarily stick around. Uh, but we'll find that out here shortly, probably this time tomorrow. And putting aside here for a moment, Georgia has 10 coaches that it really likes. And just sort of pushing that aside for a moment, when it comes to like the responsibilities that Georgia has chosen to divide up for its 10 on-field coaches, how do you feel about the fact that Georgia does not employ a quarterback's coach? Because that's a, a job that maybe Faulkner could have you know filled at Georgia when some programs do. In fact, I believe Tech, the place that he's going to, I think they do have a quarterback's coach. I think Chris Winkie's expected to stick around and be you know, that guy for them. So some programs have quarterback's coaches, some programs don't. Georgia, for instance, has two defense backs coaches. And on one hand, that kind of makes sense because you play with a lot of defensive backs right now. And so dividing safeties and cornerbacks into two assistants, that kind of makes some sense just given how many of those players are on the field at any given moment but when you use two defensive backs coaches that means you lose a coach you could have somewhere else and Georgia does not have a quarterbacks coach so putting aside the individual coaches Georgia has 10 that it likes you know what do you think about Georgia not having a quarterbacks coach when some programs do yeah they've they've gone both ways with this obviously James Coley in 2018 was the quarterbacks coach and Jim Cheney was the offensive coordinator there so they Kirby Smart has I think always shown a willingness to be flexible with the way he has divided up his staff. I, I think the big thing in the decision that was probably made was, is it more important to have Fran Brown as an on-field coach for this team and have Will Muschamp do safeties and be co-defensive coordinator in that aspect, or Buster Faulkner be the quarterback's coach in addition to what Todd Munkin does with the offensive coordinator role? And, and I would probably agree with the decision that Kirby made in that aspect. I think Fran Brown has been a huge plus to this Georgia program. And while, yes, losing Buster Faulkner does sting a little bit, even if he was, say, the quarterback's coach this past year at Georgia, uh, if Tech offers him an offensive coordinator job, he's still probably leaving to take that. And and so I I think the decision to go with Fran Brown and have him be sort of the second secondary coach along with Will Muschamp there, I I, I get the the thought process there that Kirby Smart had gone with. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll we'll shift gears after this. I, I just don't look at anybody. You mentioned Brown is kind of the newest guy here. I just don't look at anybody who's not, you know, currently singing for his supper pretty well on this Georgia coaching staff. So, I mean, I think that Faulkner seems like a pretty sharp guy, and I sort of hate to lose him. But there's not a – I'm speaking as a fan here for a moment. There's not a current Georgia assistant that I would kick to the curb to employ Buster Faulkner. It's just – Georgia just has a very deep staff right now, and that's just the way that it goes. When you've got a lot of great people resourcing your building, people are just going to kind of come after him. Yeah, that's the reality. You, you have good coaches. They move on to different jobs. Uh, you know, Dan Lanning, uh, Broyles Award finalist last year, becomes the head coach at Oregon. Glenn Schumann and, and Will Muschamp step in as the co-defensive coordinators, and, and there's very little drop-off within this Georgia defense. And so I, I think that speaks to just Kirby Smart. You know, we talk all the time about his ability to develop players. His ability to develop and identify coaches has, in my opinion, been just as strong. You know, going out, yeah. getting Todd Munkin after he, you know, season with the Cleveland Browns didn't work out all that well to be the offensive coordinator, uh, bringing Will Muschamp back, elevating Glenn Schumann, uh, elevating Dan Lanning for that matter. Uh, he has continuously pushed the right buttons when it comes to finding and identifying coaches that help get the most out of this Georgia program. Uh, moving on here, you had a chance to be in New York City with Stetson Bennett this past weekend. That seems to me like it'd be a, a very cool experience just because 
the Heisman ceremony is one of those things that I've seen on television my entire life, but I really don't have a lot of insight into how the inner workings of that go. I think a lot of Georgia fans had longed craved to have a guy back in the mix of the Heisman, and this weekend we were reminded of why we felt that way, because it was really cool to see Georgia in the spotlight as much as it was because of Bennett's involvement in this process. So, Connor, you were there. You obviously provided great coverage of all of this. Kind of from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, what was it like being in New York for the event? Yeah, it's it, you know New York, obviously a massive city, and we were talking with some of the other writers. They're like, Stetson Bennett could have walked out on the street there, and nobody would have known who he was or what the big deal uh, about him was. And that sort of just speaks to the way New York swallows everyone up whole. And so it was cool for Stetson to get to be there. It was a whirlwind, you know, 36, 48 hours there. He got in Friday morning, left on Sunday and was busy pretty much the entire time he was there. But I, I do think that Stetson really treasured sort of the, the quieter moments that he did get to experience there. Uh, you know, uh, we learned that he, of all people, hosted Caleb Williams when he visited Georgia back in 2019, so they had already had a previous connection there. And then really getting to know and, and see, you know, Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, who he's going to play in the college football playoff. I will say, you know, I've covered Stetson for a few years now, and I, I feel like I probably learned more about him as a person this past week in terms of, you know, obviously the Burlesworth Trophy acceptance, which you can go find on our YouTube page, and getting to talk to him three, four times in smaller media settings uh, this past weekend. You learn a lot more about him personally and how he has gone about, how he has got to the point where, in my opinion, he was a deserved Heisman finalist and going from, you know, a guy nobody really thought much of at the start of his career to, in my opinion, one of the four most impactful players in college football this season. He's also one of the most thoughtful speakers I just have ever heard of the ranks of players. This is a guy that puts a lot of thought into the things that he says. Almost everything that he says is interesting. And I just, you know, kind of find myself, you know, thinking about that again this weekend, too, not just for the stuff in New York, but the stuff from the uh, Burlesworth Award. It's always a hard name for me to say, Burlesworth. Uh, The Burlesworth Award was also just really interesting as well. You know, Bennett is just a guy that just seems to understand the full magnitude of his own story. And I think he tells it very well. I, I find Stetson to be incredibly interesting. And as a Georgia fan, this is a guy that I really enjoy rooting for because he clearly, you know, has grown up loving UGA and the significance of him achieving what he's achieved at kind of a dream spot for him being quarterback of Georgia. I just think it's an amazing, amazing story. And I'm glad more people became acquainted with it here this week. Yeah, and he's talked about that, and he's probably, at this point, probably tired of talking about it. But, like, you know, I think one of the questions we really dove into this weekend was, you know, he gets benched in 2020, and, and how does he go about coming back from that? And, and he was blunt. Uh, you know, he knew he wasn't playing well enough. He knew he had to get better. Uh, and, and sort of realizing that moment, like, yeah, there, there are things that I can improve on and get better. I, I think it's helped him get to this point, and that's something not every, you know, I, I guess he was 23 at the time, not every 23-year-old realizes about themselves, especially when for most of his life, prior to coming to Georgia, he had succeeded and been a, a really talented player. And, and so I, I think the totality of Seth's journey, not just the walk-on aspect, but even from coming back to Georgia in 2019 and, and the ups and downs he has gone from there, uh, you know, I, I've touched on this before. This time a year ago, there were a lot of people saying that Stetson should be benched for JT and JT Daniels. And we see how full circle this whole story has come, where a year from now, JT Daniels is once again in the transfer portal looking for a new home. And Stetson Bennett is a Heisman Trophy finalist and a guy who has a chance, if not he's already the best quarterback in Georgia program history. And it speaks to, I think, Stetson's perseverance. You know, not everyone would be willing to go through 
the journey that Stetson has undertaken in his time at Georgia, but it speaks a lot to who he is as a person, that he has been able to go through everything and come out with you know a chance to win a second national title. Uh, it says just a lot about the person that Stetson Bennett is. I want to ask you about Georgia-Ohio State here in a moment. But let me remind folks before that, though, our friends at Petrie Orthopedics, they got some great things going on for you right now because as you're moving to the new year, maybe returning to do the things that you love to do is a big part of your New Year's resolution, whether that's playing golf or running marathons or whatever your thing is. If you're experiencing the kind of you know uh, injuries or pain, Maybe it's keeping you from living the life that you want to live, doing the things you want to do. That's why you need to know about my friends at Peachtree Orthopedics because they've been Atlanta's go-to orthopedic practice for 70 years. I'm talking about leading physicians and specialists for every single body part you have. Uh, and they've got a great process for getting you back doing the things you love. They want to listen, understand your problem. They want to explain the options that you have to eliminate what you're dealing with. And they want to make a plan for your recovery and getting you back to enjoying the things you have in your life. And they've also got a really cool thing right now that you need to be aware of. It's called Urgent Ortho Clinic, where they make all of this even easier because you can get same day, evening, Saturday hours. You can come when it kind of makes sense for you to be there. You can also avoid the ER and uh, you can get seen quicker and kind of get back in the game doing what you're all about. So that's what our friends at Peachtree Orthopedics are all about. So you can find them online, peachtreeorthopedics.com, Peachtree orthopedics.com for more on that connor will finish with this preparations ongoing in the midst of getting ready for signing day and battling the transfer portal both you know, the door kind of opening both ways on that players potentially leaving players potentially coming in george is also getting ready for ohio state and the peach bowl we're actually going to hear from kirby smart some georgia players here this week which is maybe a little bit of a surprise to me but uh kind of excited to uh, get a chance to kind of find out how that's going so what is the sense you get of where georgia is in its arc of getting ready for one of the biggest football games you can play against Ohio State in a college football national playoff semifinal. Uh, what do you get the sense that Georgia is on all of this at the moment? Yeah, so right now they're not worried about Ohio State. Uh, they're going to take probably this first week of practices and really just focus on developing themselves further. It's something they do during the bye week. Uh, it'll be similar to camp-style practices that we would see in August, which I think really helped mold this team. And, and so you're going to see and hear, you know, Kirby Smart come out tomorrow and players come out tomorrow and say, we're not really focused on Ohio State just yet. You know, uh, in talking with Stetson, he had really only started to look at Ohio State film the Thursday night before he flew down to New York. And, and so this is a team that knows, hey, we got we got some things on our end we have to clear up before we even start really think, focusing in Ohio State and what they can do better there. You know, the pass defense was not great against LSU and again, I don't think that was all necessarily on Georgia's end. I think that was the way the game script had played there. But are there other areas that this Georgia team can develop and keep getting keep getting better in? And there certainly are in this coming game uh, against Ohio State. So you'll hear, you know, some things tomorrow like, oh, it's weird. You have all this time to prepare for Ohio State. You're not necessarily diving into that. But that, that I think, speaks to where this Georgia program is. It's not so much playing or playing against the guys on the other side of the field is playing against themselves and trying to get the best out of each and every practice beyond injury updates on mcclendon and mcconkey uh who i'm guessing we don't probably hear too much tangible about what else do you want to hear from with kirby smart right now i i think the interesting thing and bill norton's the only player from georgia right now that has gone into the portal do guys that go into the portal are they no longer practicing i would lean yes in that in that circumstance which is why norton is the only player that you've seen enter the transfer portal so far from Georgia. You know, how has that impacted practice, if at all, and, and whatnot? And and that's probably it. Maybe a couple questions about Buster Faulkner and, and you know, whether where he goes and, and when he goes to Georgia Tech there. Uh, but those are probably, I would say, injuries, you know, 
the Norton slash transfer portal aspect of this in Faulkner, I would say, were probably the big three uh, stories to come out of tomorrow. And let me just do this, I guess, kind of wrap up. This is not really a question you can ask Kirby because it's a little bit of an abstract answer. But to me, when I think about what it's going to take against Ohio State, I keep going back to that Tennessee game. That what Georgia did against Tennessee, sort of a replica of that is what you have to do against Ohio State. You know, Georgia has not been a great pass rushing team this season, but they were against the Vols. And I think you have to be against C.J. Stroud, what I still view as a pretty high-powered uh, Ohio State uh, passing uh, offense and you know Georgia came out against Tennessee that day also pretty explosive offensively in its own right then established the running game after that as a way of putting that game on ice Connor I think the most you know ardent Georgia partisan here would say hey that's the blueprint if you can do that same thing uh, against Ohio State then you're playing for a national championship but the intrigue here is can you just call that up on demand out of nowhere because you did that against the Vols, and now can you just sort of do that again? Can you really just flip the switch when you need to and be that best version of yourself for the second time here this season? That's what I think is so fascinating about heading towards December 31st. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think that Tennessee team was a good bit tougher than this Ohio State team that we've seen now. They're, the Ohio State Buckeyes are a more talented bunch than Tennessee, but uh, I think with what I've seen from Ohio State in the past two years, uh, I think there's a very similar world where if Georgia comes out and throws a haymaker and punches Ohio State in the face in the first half the way they did against Tennessee, uh, I'm not sure what you've seen from Ohio State that would give you any indication that they would respond well to that. And so I, I do think that this is a game where Georgia's toughness really stuck out in that first game against Tennessee. I think you could see something similar in that aspect where, hey, look, Ohio State, we know you have a lot of talent on the outside. You have some talented receivers. You're going to want to throw the ball around there. Uh, you don't want to play a four-quarter game with us, and we know that, and we're going to make it very clear uh, on December 31st in Atlanta why that is the case. Connor, great stuff. We'll look forward to more coverage from you from Athens uh, here this week, getting ready for that. Obviously, got signing day coming up here, too, so there's a lot going on. So, Connor, we're thankful to have you out there for all of it. Great job in New York this past weekend, and we'll chat with you again very soon. Yep, as always, it's a pleasure. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Fruit. So I will just say here that, you know, Connor has been pretty consistent in how he's talked about this Georgia-Ohio State game, and Connor is really confident in Georgia in the game, probably more so than I am. I believe that Georgia will win the game, but I guess I just can't resign myself to the possibility that it's going to be easy, and I we talked about this on one of our shows last week. Obviously, the avenue for Georgia is to take advantage of what Georgia has always shown itself to be a very tough physical team against an Ohio State team that in the biggest moments, back-to-back years against Michigan, has proven not to be that. But the one question that will kind of linger in my mind a bit is, well, gosh, how are they going to respond after listening for a month of people telling them that they're too soft for a game like this? And how does Ryan Day as the coach respond to this? Because you know, right now, Day has the reputation of being what was the thing that Jim Harbaugh said about him uh, last year that he was, you know, born on third base and thinks he hits a, has hit a triple. That, that in other words, that you know, he's this guy that kind of has inherited this great situation and has not really done much with that. I mean, is that really the way that that Day is going to allow himself to be defined? Is this team going to allow itself to be defined as? Oh, they're good at kicking around people that aren't very talented, but when they face another talented team, they don't have the requisite toughness to to compete in a situation like that. I mean, we're really in a situation where Ohio State's manhood has been questioned, and I'm left to conclude that surely they have enough pride to step up and respond in a bigger way, in a better way. They did against Michigan this year, frankly, Michigan a year ago. 
But, you know, maybe Connor or anybody else who might say this, maybe they're right. Maybe they just don't have that in them. But boy, you know, their level of motivation, you can imagine, is sky high right now because of the kinds of criticism they're dealing with. Kirby Smart would have told you last year going to the Orange Bowl that Georgia had a little bit different kind of motivation because of what was said about it after the SEC championship. Well, right now, maybe Ohio State's got some of that going for it, too. I, I find this to be fascinating. I believe that Georgia will win the game, and yet I believe that Ohio State is a very good team who is likely to give Georgia pretty stiff test. And can't wait to see how it plays out, but that's going to be uh, quite a showdown here coming up on December 31st. We're going to talk to Jake Fromm in a moment. Before that, though, let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. What a great time we had this past week, getting a chance to be on board Wonder of the Seas. I was so thankful that y'all let me do that. Sneak away here during the month of December to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit, work on my uh, tan, as Kenny Chesney would say, for Christmas. That's all I wanted was a little Christmas tan. And uh, fun to get a chance to do some of that. Visiting Perfect Day, Coco Cay, Private Island Oasis. And this is our first time kind of getting there's, – there's a thrill side and a chill side. My wife and I, we're a little bit more of the chill side type folks. We kind of you know sit around in beach chairs and put our toes in the sand and things like that. But the thrill side's the water park. you got tallest water slide in North America. You've got you know big wave pool, all that kind of stuff. So we kind of sort of snuck over and enjoyed the 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 the, the thrill side a little bit uh, over the course of the past week that's just a fun thing to be able to do and a reminder of why it is the perfect day coco k is such a fun thing so it's also an indication for us that we're going to have a great time this upcoming april on board independence of the seas for our second ever dog nation cruise so we got a great travel agent who's helping with this her name is jessica slater you can call her 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 you can also visit a website that she's made for you royaldogs.com that is royaldogs.com and you can be on board it is crunch time it's time to go ahead and make those final plans to be with us on board independence of the seas we can't wait to see you there for all of that all right let me do a couple of sec through stories before we uh speak to jake from here in a moment i mentioned marshawn lloyd off the top of the show lloyd from south carolina entering the transfer portal it was not a good day for the gamecocks yesterday because in addition to losing one of their top offensive players in Marshawn Lloyd, they also appear on the verge of losing another top offensive player in tight end Jaheim Bell. Bell is a guy that got a ton of attention in the offseason coming into this year, and now it appears they're about to lose two big offensive weapons on the same day. And I think this just sort of speaks to the way in which the transfer portal, for better or for worse, has really inserted a lot of chaos in the college football story. Because think about how quickly it was just really a a few days ago that South Carolina was sort of thought to have an incredible level of momentum to finish the season. You get a win against Tennessee. Uh, he scored 63 points in doing so. You get a win against your in-state rival in Clemson, something those Gamecocks fans have been craving. And you're kind of left to say, well, gosh, uh, Shane Beamer couldn't have a much better season conclusion than what he had by going out there and getting those big wins. And now the transfer portal kind of changes that feeling, at least for the moment, when you lose a guy like Bell, when you lose a guy like Lloyd. It just goes to show you that right now the 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 foundation on which college football stands is not very firm, and it can be easily shaken. And right now that may be the case there at uh, South Carolina. They also appear on the verge of hiring an offensive coordinator, and there had been some maybe some bigger names mentioned for a while, and it looks like instead it's going to be former tight ends coach at Arkansas, Dowell Laggins. You know, I don't really know quite what this means. It certainly doesn't fit with some of the offensive coordinator stuff you've heard around the SEC as of late. You know, Bobby Petrino maybe going to a place like Texas A&M or even Liam Cohen coming to a place, you know, coming back to a place like Kentucky. The Loggins news doesn't feel quite as substantial as that. 
but nonetheless, that appears to be what South Carolina is doing here. So their future a little bit uncertain right now after losing Satterfield, their guy, bringing in Loggins, and now losing a couple of big offensive names out of the portal. A little bit of uncertainty as it relates to that. Then one more story I'll get to here, and then we'll talk to uh, Jake Fromm. Brett McMurphy, who now works the Action Network, he is reporting that expansion of the SEC could end up actually happening a little earlier than was initially thought to be taking place, maybe 2024 now for uh, Texas and Oklahoma to join the league. There is a big payout these schools have to give to the Big 12 for doing so, and that's one of the reasons why you thought it might not happen you know, any sooner than the actual contract would have suggested that it would but now when you see big 10 expansion you know likely to happen uh, very soon when you see uh, big 12 expansion likely to take place the sec may be going ahead and moving on and bringing in the sooners bringing in texas uh maybe that's now destined to take place a little sooner we've been kind of a weird position as of late i've said this before that it's almost like there's kind of a lame duck situation in college football right now we're in the kind of the final days of the 14 playoff and kind of the final days of the 14 team sec with the two divisions well maybe accelerating past that does kind of make some sense obviously all this ends up kind of being about money and so maybe they found the money to to buy out the big 12 and get to where they need to be but one way or another we may be closer, according to Brett McMurphy, who's pretty plugged in, we may be closer to uh, getting to an expanded SEC maybe sooner than some folks thought. Maybe 2024, Texas and Oklahoma on their way to the SEC. We'll make that cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And with that said, let's get ready to do a Kroger Fresh Take right now. And welcome in former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. Always so happy to have uh, Jake's time. We didn't get a chance to speak to Jake last week because I was out of town, but uh, we're happy to have Jake back here today. Uh, Jake, welcome here to Dog Nation Daily. Uh, we hope you're uh, doing well. How are you? Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Doing pretty good. Just got off the bye week, back at work, and uh, yeah, excited to get rolling. Absolutely. I hate to bring a sad thing into this discussion. I'm not even sure you're aware of this because I know you've been busy, but this morning it was made official that Mike Leach, the uh, Mississippi State coach, has passed away. Uh, uh, I don't know in your time as a player, did you have any interaction with Leach or as a quarterback, you know, how much appreciation you might have had for the offenses that that, that he ran? Um, any thoughts from you on the passing of uh, Mike Leach here? Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of folks weighing in on that right now. Yeah, I uh, saw the news this morning. Uh, super sad. Uh, to hear, man, sudden, kind of out of nowhere, um, just just super sad for the state of Mississippi, for him, for his family, uh, for the players as well. Um, I, I know he's a, a great coach. He's touched a lot of guys and a lot of players, and uh, he's going to leave a great legacy, and just, just super sad, honestly, to hear it, uh, just because he meant to a lot uh, to the guys that he touched. I think that's well said. Uh, on a happier note, what was it like for you to watch Jake, Fr- I should say, Stetson Bennett this past week? Uh, they were in New York for the Heisman ceremony. There's obviously a little bit of backlash, you know, kind of comparing him to Hendon Hooker. But I thought that Stetson did a great job in terms of how he spoke about this with the media. And just re- I thought he represented Georgia very well at the Heisman ceremony. You know what it takes to be a quarterback at a place like Georgia and the level of pressure and attention you always have. Uh, what did you think of the last few days for Bennett getting a chance to be this program's first Heisman finalist since 1992? Yeah, I mean, what a cool – experience for him uh first first family and then also uh for the university of georgia too. get to have someone represent us up there uh it's great it's awesome it's a a huge honor uh i know that he enjoyed it Uh, i thought he spoke uh pretty well uh when getting hit with the questions you know uh about all the stuff and you know people are going to hate on stetson just is what it is and and he knows that and uh I, i think he handles it just unbelievably well um, and then what a cool moment uh, for him. Congrats to Caleb Williams Williams on winning the Heisman. And 
Uh, I know Stetson's got bigger dreams in mind of moving forward to the next two games. So I know that's where his mindset's at. We found out this week that Buster Faulkner is leaving Georgia to go be offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. I know Faulkner came to UGA after you'd already left, but do you know uh, Buster at all? Have you had any kind of interactions with him and maybe any kind of insight into what a guy like that has meant to this program? Yeah, uh, not not huge. I, I've run into him a couple times in and out of the building, um, but, but great guy, great coach. Uh, obviously, that quarterback Chris played really well, and I know he has had a hand in that. Um, I think it's pretty well deserved and uh, I know that uh, he's excited for the opportunity that he has and that's just part of uh, being a part of a great program like Kirby's running here. Um, players are going to get accolades like Seth and going to Heisman and then coaches are going to leave and take jobs uh, like Coach Faulkner here and then Coach Dan Lanning last year and yeah. that's just kind of part of it uh, when you run a really good program. When you were uh, playing, you know, one of the things that uh, Stetson has said is is that Faulkner was kind of his. I, I, I'm I'm making up this word. Stetson didn't use this word, but his kind of intermediary a little bit. That that he wasn't talking to Todd Monk a lot during the game. That he was kind of talking with Buster Faulkner. Was sort of speaking, you know, th- you know, sort of uh, Munkin's words, you know, to uh, Bennett. That, that Faulkner yep. was kind of the go between there. Did you have a guy like that when you were playing at Georgia? That was the guy that maybe you spent more time communicating with and your offensive coordinator, whether that had been Jim Chaney or, or James. Coley, did you have a guy like that that kind of functioned in that role for you? Yeah, uh, Coach Jay Johnson was a great intermediary for me um, just because uh, sometimes things get heated on the sideline or things not going well. or um, and He just would always put things in perspective, uh, very calm, uh, very positive too. And uh, I think that's kind of what you need as an intermediary uh, on the sidelines during game days because they can get a little hectic and they get a little crazy. Um, and for us as quarterbacks, we have a thousand things going on through our head. Uh, we don't need a bunch of mess, a bunch of jumble. Uh, just give us something short, something sweet, uh, and help us get about uh, the scoring drives. Uh, put points on the board. And Johnson, a little bit the same kind of thing of, you know, that was a former offensive coordinator that you had guys had as an analyst, and then he left to go be offensive coordinator at Colorado that, you know, it sort of speaks to the resource that a place like Georgia has. If you've got, you know, kind of power five level offensive coordinators kind of working in that support staff analyst role, that's the kind of thing that just most programs won't be able to have. Georgia had that in Faulkner, and as you said, you kind of had that with Jay Johnson, who was an offensive coordinator sort of both before and after that tenure at UGA. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of kind of part of it. I mean, I think uh, Kirby has just done a, a great job of not only coaching his players, but of coaching his coaches, too, uh, as well. And uh, when, when you have success as a program, everybody's going to have a hand in that success. Uh, and some people are going to get promotions and, and, and go out to other places, and uh, that's great for them. When I ask you about the big college football playoff showdown with uh, Ohio State coming up, but let me remind folks, this is our Kroger Fresh Take with former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm here right now on Dog Nation Daily. And, of course, Kroger's getting you ready for the holiday season because Kroger understands that today's holidays are tomorrow's memory. So you can find all the gifts and decor and all the things you need uh, at Kroger.com slash holiday. Uh, in fact, there's some great savings right now, too. You can buy buy one, get one on Russell Stover's candies and assorted holiday cards there. So that's an example of some of the great savings you can get. Christmas season being here, the decor the food, everything else you need to make it a great experience this month. Our friends at Kroger have got it for you. Kroger.com slash holiday for more on that. Kroger.com slash holiday for more on that. Jake, in addition to being a, a great player, you're also a, a big fan of this sport. You understand the history and the magnitude of it all. Georgia versus Ohio State in the college football playoff. It doesn't really get much bigger than that. What are your initial thoughts on that game? What was your reaction like when you kind of heard it was going to take place? And I guess how big of an advantage is it for Georgia to get a game like this in Atlanta? Any early thoughts on the Dogs and the Buckeyes? Yeah, I mean, what a matchup. I think anytime you get the opportunity to go up against an historic program 
like in Ohio State, like in, in my past at Notre Dame, uh, that is a great opportunity uh, to just go out and show out. Um, man, I, I know that they're going to give us uh, their best shot. I know they have a sour taste in their mouth uh, the way they finished the season against Michigan. So uh, I know they've been going to work here the past couple weeks because uh, they've had some time off. Um, I think it's a great matchup. I really do. Um, kind of gives me some Georgia versus Tennessee kind of vibes a little mm-hmm. bit uh, with their passing attack. Um, but uh, I, I know last last week in the SEC Championship, we didn't quite uh, uh, cover the receivers <laughs> and have great pass defense here uh, that last game. I, I don't think anyone has ever given up 500 yards of passing offense uh, and still won a game by 20 points. Uh, in a championship game, which is just so bizarre nuts to me. I know Kirby uh, is going to uh, uh, be with those guys a lot here uh, in the next couple weeks, uh, and they'll have a plan, get fixed up, and and kind of revert back to that Tennessee plan. Ohio State knows that, uh, so we'll have a few wrinkles mixed in. Uh, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Well, I'll let you go after this, Jake, but I kind of said this a little bit after that game, which is the entire sport seems to be playing 50 to 30 games all the time now, and the SEC championship was a little bit of a reminder to me of why maybe Georgia doesn't typically play those kinds of games because I'm not quite so sure that was all uh, that much fun. I I felt like I was pretty nervous. Georgia up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and I think I was still a little bit nervous because that game kind of got kind of wild there late, even though Georgia won comfortably. It was a little bit more wild for my, uh, I guess, than than my my, uh, taste would have preferred. Right, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, hey, we're taking care of business, but also, man, they're fighting their thing in it. That's right. Uh, Nussmeyer came in. Uh, he spun it. He ripped it really well. Uh, and, and the guys were getting open, man. So uh, I don't think they, our defense quite expected that uh, in their game plan. Uh, but I know they will, uh, they will be expecting it coming in. Uh, to this next game against Ohio State. Jay, great stuff. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, congratulations on uh, the continued work you're doing there in the NFL. Of course, we appreciate your thoughts here on uh, what is a busy time for Georgia here, too. In fact, we'll look forward to doing it with you again here very soon. Yeah, Brandon. Thank you very much, man. Y'all have a good one. You too. Man, we're really lucky to get a chance to have a conversation like that with Jake Fromm, who kind of understands what it's like on the sidelines for a guy like Bennett and what it's like with the spotlight on him the way that it is. So Jake provides you great insight on all of that. Let's get ready to transition now and do a golden shoe. And, you know, yesterday we had John Stinchcomb on the show, and I talked to John about Stetson Bennett in New York and how stylish Bennett looked wearing kind of the classic old-school letter jacket. You know, I've seen, uh, you know, former Georgia players wearing those letter jackets, really showing off those letter jackets before. And what I asked John Stinchcomb was, I said, John, do you have one of those Georgia letter jackets. And John said he thinks he does have one somewhere, although he wasn't exactly sure where it might be located. Well, our buddy Bassin Dog, who is a uh, great, you know, not just a figure on social media, but also apparently a pretty good sleuth here as well. He sent us a picture of not John Stinchcomb, but John's brother Matt wearing a jacket in question, much like the one we talked about yesterday. And so what Bassin says is, here's a picture of Matt Stinchcomb in his UGA letterman jacket. That means John probably has the same thing so there you go i gotta tell you who wouldn't want to have one of those nice looking letter jackets that is a stylish look looks great on matt stinchcomb right there it looks great on uh stetson bennett i don't know there's a former georgia player looking to get rid of one we maybe have to come up with a little bit of an nil deal to see if we can make that happen because that is a great looking jacket and so good job by bass and dog we'll give you a golden shoe for your efforts there on that and by the way we'll also remind you lousy stinking gators 
Not good to be a Gator these days because they've got nothing but losses to the Georgia Bulldogs and more of those coming in the future. In fact, another one, 319 days from right now. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We are go for two and 22. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. And on the podcast, I'm now for the RS Andrews Podcast Cool Down. We'll take your comments here on Dog Nation Daily. Uh, I should say at dognation.com when we post the show each and every day. And, of course, on Twitter there as well. Red Dog One writing in yesterday with some complimentary words after yesterday's show. Red Dog, I appreciate that. Gary Harris also writing on Twitter to say that he thought it was interesting at the Heisman Trophy ceremony that Caleb Williams, as he's about to take the stage, he says to Stetson Bennett, he hugs him and says, go win it. He says it speaks to their mutual respect, most likely dating back to Williams taking a visit to Georgia and Bennett hosting him on that visit. Gary may be right about that. The other thing that comes to mind for me is the phrase that you sometimes hear about game recognizing game or game respecting game or whatever it is that people have said in the past is that, you know, Bennett seemingly is always kind of having to defend himself to outsiders to the sport, but the players in the sport, the players in the Georgia team, other quarterbacks seem to have a great deal of respect for Stetson Bennett. This is one of those things in which maybe the farther removed you are from the, um, I guess the action, the more sometimes Bennett is questioned but the people who kind of understand what it takes to achieve at this level other quarterbacks other players in the Georgia team they seem to have very little skepticism as it relates to Stetson Bennett at all and to me that probably means something I think Gary makes a really good point there Studson Bennett by the way uh, our buddy Manatee Jetpack on Twitter writes in to say on today's show I mentioned that I think it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State responds after having their toughness questioned so much for a month going into this college ball playoff and he reminds me he says the counterpoint to all of this is is that uh last year um the michigan offensive coordinator did it after michigan beat uh ohio state then after a, a year to stew on it they still didn't show up and prove themselves to be tough enough against their most hated rival and i think that studson brings up a really good point about that it's a that's a very fair thing that maybe the buckeyes just don't have it maybe they don't um i'm still conditioned to believe this is going to be a tough game and even if I believe that George is going to win it, I still am conditioned to believe it's going to probably be tough. And so maybe I'm trying to invent some way in which it is tough. Uh, but you bring up a very fair point that Ohio State faced a lot of questions after last year's Michigan game. We know they made several changes in their program as a way to address those. They still weren't able to get it done. So maybe that just does, maybe that just does speak to, as Connor Riley mentioned on today's show, uh, just a little bit of a deficiency within the program. They can't seem to perform in these kinds of games. But uh, we'll find out for ourselves here coming up on December 31st, and it should certainly be fascinating. So that is our podcast, Cool Down Today, presented by R.S. Andrews. You can find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. You can trust them on all of that today. Hope you have a great day, and uh, trust them. If your water heater goes out, in any case, they can replace it for you the same day. So find them online at rsandrews.com. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then.